from the Willamette Valley in America's great Pacific Northwest. You are listening to the Ernest Mann Show, and I'm your host, Ernest Mann. No matter where you may be listening in this great, big, beautiful world, we all share. Well, hello again, folks, and thanks so much for tuning in. This is episode number 152, Earth's Resources. Arizona's big problem, it's suffering from a bad case of mass stupidity. I want to tackle a a very technical living problem that many people are having in this area, in this region, along with a bit of um, philosophy. So, what I would like to do is go into the philosophical aspect first. So, the question that I want to pose, first of all, is how do you think that a person should feel, or a collection of people, say, uh, your society. What is your feeling on how you should feel when a collection of events leads to a certain group, a subgroup, that suffer terribly because of stupidity? Um... That's the question. Now, from my point of view, and listen to this carefully, if you have a group of people, for example, and they get on an airplane, well, I don't think that there's anyone who would want to argue that people don't generally get on an airplane knowing that there's anything mechanically wrong with the aircraft and that it's a very good chance that it's going to crash and everyone is probably going to die. People don't do that. That's not being stupid. So as a consequence, at least as far as I'm concerned, I feel really, I feel really bad. I feel really at loss. I feel terrible because anytime a aircraft crashes, um, Oftentimes, it's either human cause or mechanical cause or possibly a combination of both. But I do feel sorry for the passengers because basically it wasn't their fault. On the other hand, let me use a different scenario. Um, let's say you had, say, a cruise ship. And it was a fantastic cruise ship that had all the amenities. Everybody wanted to be on it. And of course, part of what they do is they travel from uh, port to port and they load up passengers, perhaps depending on the length of stay and depending on their individual arrangements that certain people have boarded, you know, for the ship. 
they may be getting off, but in general, in their path, it's it's kind of like uh, a bus, you might say. They're picking up more and more people. Okay. Now let's say, in this completely hypothetical situation, and let's say they have to, I don't know, do this besides for ethical reasons, but legal reasons as well, that anybody uh, who is boarding the ship at each port is informed that the ship is actually taking on water. Um, they would probably want to use that phrase as opposed to slowly sinking. But they say that the, um, the ship is, in fact, taking on water, but their uh, repair crews and engineers are working on the problem, and they should have it fixed shortly. Uh, they don't believe, they don't think it's really anything to be concerned about but technically, you know, they're required to let you know this before you board the ship. Okay. Now, as far as those people are concerned, they have been informed. And nearly all of them, or perhaps all of them, for that matter, decide to board the ship. So they've been informed. But... They, without examining anything further, they trust and choose to believe and hope what they've been told is true as far as about, you know, as the repairs are concerned. And the ship moves on and into, you know, another part of the uh, route and repeat the process. Now, they do this, of course, several times until they actually truly enter the cruising phase where they're out in you know open sea and it has it is slowly uh becoming apparent that in fact uh the ship is kind of low getting low in the water and the problem that they all told was going to be fixed is not being fixed and um, eventually, perhaps there's a, a list in the ship. And uh, I think by this time, uh, collectively, panic can set in amongst uh, everyone on board. And um, despite the best efforts, it could be, again, uh, due to other um, factors such as there being, say, not another ship available. Um, the power system would not uh, function, so they could not lower the lifeboats. Um, I'm just trying to create a scenario <clears throat> is that the ship sinks and the vast majority of people perish. You know, just kind of sort of a repeat of a Titanic situation. Now, of course... I wouldn't want this, and I don't think any normal thinking person would want this. But it begs the question. In the previous example I gave, I talked about a situation whereas the people actually are, in the case of the, the aircraft, um, are completely without blame. 
Whereas in the other scenario, the people were warned repeatedly about what is taking place, and they boarded the ship anyway. Now, in my opinion, such an act would be foolhardy. It would be stupid. And perhaps you may or may not feel that way, but I do. But the question is, if we just argue for my take on this just for the moment, and let's say there's agreement that you say, okay, yeah, they, they were all stupid at every port, and it was it was told to them, it was the information was given, and they got on the damn ship anyway. Um, you know, they deserve their fate because they were stupid. So I'm not claiming that perhaps the scenarios I laid out for my illustrative purposes were the best. But I am trying to illustrate a point. And the bigger philosophical point is, should we feel sorry for either individual stupidity or ignorance and the consequences of that, or even mass stupidity? Now, I do not feel that we should be the least bit feeling sorry or enter a you know, a, a crying pity, pity party kind of state for collective stupidity. As a matter of fact, um, you know, basically is stupid gets what it deserves. Now, that might sound to some of you as though that's cruel and heartless. But the other part of this, the other aspect of this is that oftentimes... It is at the hands of incredibly stupid people, particularly stupid leaders. And this is definitely demonstrable for just a cursory examination of our history. That the stupid who are also being led by someone either equally stupid or maniacal or sociopathic it begs the question, who is the bigger fool? The fool or the fool who follows the fool? Now, <clears throat> I'm saying all this because this ties into the situation. And namely, I'm going to uh, narrow it down to the largest city in the state of Arizona, USA. And it's uh, satellite communities, um, it's suburbs, let's say. And what's going on there is, well, in my opinion, quite stupid. Now, if you are not um, an American, if you're listening to this abroad, I can simply say this, um, the state of Arizona is a handful of southwestern uh, desert states within the continental U.S. That could also include 
a very large portion, not totally, but a very large portion of the state of Texas, uh, the entire state of New Mexico, and um, Nevada. Um, particularly, those are the key players in the desert southwest. And it is, after all, a desert. Hence the name of the state, Arizona, meaning arid zone. Now, the problem here is that there is apparently what I can only describe as mass stupidity. And... Many people mistakenly think that just because someone is demonstrating stupidity that they appear to uh, be a, an idiot or a fool, but that's why there are different words and different terminologies for this. Because oftentimes a person who is stupid does not display, say, uh, imbecilic behavior. Technically, um, it, the word is defined as uh, it's behavior that shows a lack of good sense or judgment. That's all. That, that as far as that's concerned, that that's that's it. That's that what's what it means. But it's not, as the term implies, a babbling idiot or an imbecile. Um, but people who simply well, they're stupid. And, um, you know, if you have a, a few individual stupid people and their lives correspondingly are a wreck and that, you know, that connects into the phrase of, well, they, you know, they brought it on themselves. Well, that's a perfect example. But when you're looking at tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people that are collectively essentially stupid, that's a problem because at least as it is here in the West, um, we, uh, due to, it could be any number of things, um, a, a misplaced sense of uh, duty, let's say, um, that we, uh, we help out the stupid. We can go out of our way, often threatening the lives of many other people because of someone or possible group that are stupid. It is what it is. But it's important to recognize it for what it is. And this is the case in the state of Arizona, USA, because did I mention it's a desert? And I mean, it's a real desert. And the major city, which is Phoenix, um, they've had water problems and issues for a number of years. And what they've done 
is all of the uh, required and necessary steps as far as conservation is concerned to conserve water. Um, they've just done in the last 20 years alone, out of necessity, I mind you, um, literally where the situation was untenable and push literally came to shove. So, for instance, in that region, if you live in, say, New Mexico, you don't automatically, if you go to a restaurant, sit down to eat, you don't automatically get a glass of water. They'll give you water, but you have to ask for it. That's one of those little things that they implemented. And all of the other things that are usually typically implemented living in that kind of environment, which in and of itself is a good thing. It's a good thing. It's a necessary thing. And it's the reason why, again, under mass stupidity, they should have implemented uh, getting rid of lawns, actual the fucking lawns, to get rid of them. Um, they should have done that like 30 years ago. But, you know, being stupid, they're kind of slow. So, <clears throat> um, as far as the Phoenix and its little satellite communities are concerned, this is something, a water crisis that is, well, it's a, it's a bit of a conundrum, you might say, because all they are able to do pretty much patterning themselves after L.A., which is what Los Angeles, California has done for many, many, many years, um, is to spread out. And so that's what they have done. It's sprawl on, on uh, steroids. They've spread out all directions. But um, a great portion of it to the northeast in the northeasterly direction. The problem is um, that they keep building communities for the projected uh, new residents and people that are going to show up. And again, once again, if, this were, if we were talking, say, 20, 30, 40 years ago, that's com completely understandable. As a matter of fact, even in the conditions as they are today, as far as taking that action, it's still understandable, um, given the fact that people keep coming. But what makes zero sense is the fact that they keep coming. And... Um, the problem is, as from a resource, a water resource point of view, they cannot even, even if the population, which is around of Phoenix proper, around 1.6 million people, they can't even maintain that. Because the water, for one thing, the water supply is going away it's going bye-bye the colorado river which is a main supplier is going away 
and the ground aquifer water is also going away. Now, is it going dry? No, not saying that, because there's water there. But the problem, like any other resource, and this also applies to oil, but after you reach a certain depth, the cost of extracting, pumping up that water, is actually more as far as cost as the value of the resource itself. And water's heavy. It's not as heavy as oil, but it's heavy. And so they have to go deeper and deeper with no end in sight. Now, as far as I'm concerned, the writing on the wall for all of this was clear 40 years ago. But we in America, we have this, um, I don't know, it's this attitude of just, um, well, yeah, we can know all these unpleasant facts, but the hell with it. Let's just, let's just do it anyway. We're just, we're just going to wing it. We're just going to go with it. Because hope springs eternal. No pun intended concerning the water situation. Let's see. So I saw an interview with a water management person who works um, for the uh, county of, of a Phoenix uh, area. And he's in charge of monitoring and distribution and various other aspects of water uh, in this given uh, community, which is a planned, you know, sub suburban sprawl, basically. And he's inter being interviewed by a fellow who is um, the the whole topic was concerning, you know, the so-called water crisis in Arizona. And I paid very close attention to what was being said and then the response. And this, the response from this manager was very concise to the point. And what his response to all these, you know, multiple questions about, you know, water usage and per capita and, and you know, uh, resource alloc the water resource allocation, basically. And he responded saying that our combined total water resource availability should be adequate, even taking into account projected growth. If we use the resources intelligently, if the available resources are used carefully and intelligently, we hope there shouldn't be a problem. Now, I don't know about you, but if you listen carefully um, to what he's saying, there are certain red flag words that are triggered. If you've ever known people, anything being used or utilized 
of intelligently, well, more often than not, <laughs> that doesn't happen. <laughs> no, you could take that, you can, that, that, uh, that hope for intelligence and intelligent use of anything and careful use. Nope. Isn't going to happen. So you could toss that, that notion right out the window. And, um, that was it. That was the plan. And you know, he finishes it just simply by saying that, uh, you know, basically, if everyone cooperates, which you know they never do, and we we uh, use our water resources that are available intelligently, um, we should have adequate, um, you know, availability of water. Well, again, the cooperative thing and the intelligent thing right out the window ain't gonna happen <laughs> we're, we're americans in particular we don't do things that way that's not our way come on let's let's just be honest okay we're, we're we got a, a pretty damn poor track record as far as being intelligent and cooperative um yeah we have more of a wild west go into a situation guns blazing attitude towards unfortunately just about everything um so and then he mentioned uh his last words and he said uh, and we hope <laughs> that uh, this will work i don't know about you but again that sounds like a lick and a promise here's a quote about that about the word hope and it says that uh, the great reservoir of the ignorant um, producing a great bounty of failure is hope. And that was by the writer and humorist S.E. Moore. And I pretty much believe in that and I subscribe to that notion because that's what I have witnessed in my life. So what I see that's going to happen and will continue to happen in this region of the U.S. Um, are all of these and, and they have been they have been built. Many of these homes, we're talking uh, hundreds of homes that are either completed or nearly completed and there's no one there and there's no one buying and finally that is because people i believe are realizing that this old paradigm of you build it and they will come well even as americans they could figure out that hey i'm uh, this this whole water situation sounds a little bit too iffy to me. But then there's the economic um, crisis concerning this. I'm talking about more on a local level because one thing that they have gone out of their way to do 
in that region, it doesn't matter which state it is, but they're very, very careful about this, is they don't they don't want the truth to be known. Simply put, I can't put it any simpler than that. So they very carefully use the right wording describing anything concerning water or a future lack thereof. And the reason for this is simple economics. They want to sell homes. You buy a home, you sign on the dotted line, you're locked into that you know, 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. And uh, in the fine print, you know, it doesn't matter how wonderful, beautiful, luxurious, big, large, or minor, or small. None of that matters. At the end of the day, you go to turn on the tap, and there's not a drop of water coming out. It's useless. And they know that. But they have to keep up the image, and image is everything. And so, logically, what a person thinks is, well, you know, maybe maybe all this running out of water thing, maybe it's not all it's cracked up to be, because, hell, if that were the case, I mean, why would they be building all these homes if, if they didn't know, if they weren't sure that there was going to be an adequate water supply, why would they have, you know, contractors and, and real estate and property management? Why, why would all this be happening? Why would they be building it if they know full and well there <laughs> in, you know, 10, 15, 20 years, there's not going to be a damn drop of water? That wouldn't make Yes, it does. It makes total sense. It's called capitalism. <laughs> I mean... Who gets left holding the bag on this deal? Well, that's not their concern. Their concern is to sell houses. So in other words, if you're, what's well, a gentle word to use? Stupid enough to buy these properties. Um, yeah, um, it's from the Latin let the buyer beware. Well, so <clears throat> now that these water problems are becoming increasingly apparent, there is a backlash, and I'm afraid, despite their best efforts, um, these people are left holding the bag, and there's not a whole lot they can do about it. Because that was perfectly worded in to the sale of the property. And um, believe it or not, many people, not all, but many, they either ignore or don't take the time or have a competent attorney take the time to read all of the fine print details for the sale of property, for the sale of a home. So these people, you want to talk about being raped, but that comes around full circle because there's two aspects of this. The one is when we when I want to subdivide off of this 
concerning the people left holding the bag. It's two aspects. One of them is, um, what the hell are going to happen to those people in their lives? And I'm sure the way the banks, the real property owners, the financial institutions, you better believe uh, they have the resources, the attorneys, they have all that. So in their contracts, typically, usually, they you better believe they have every I dotted and every T crossed. And it's just out of sure ignorance or whatnot that uh, this gets overlooked and that's what they count on but there are no for instance there's no protection for you it's only protection for them it's a it's a one-way road (laughs) the the thief the people that are doing this the fleecers the wolves they have everything there to protect them Mm, for you not so much You're just a stupid stiff who was stupid enough to sign this thing. That's all that matters. But what matters is also the legal precedent. And the thing is, on their end, they did their part so well that so many people are going to be screwed. It's going to be huge. And now for the second part of this connected to this it's not only those people that are going to be in such serious trouble but i'm talking about just the general population of phoenix you see if this helps you this gives you a a visual aid the population of phoenix which is from i believe the census 2020 um, is about 1.6 million people. I'm sure it's increased since then somewhat. But to put that in perspective, you could, as far as population is concerned, I'm not talking geographical size. I, I'm talking population. But that well, you could take two Portland, Oregon's, two of them, throw in um, Salem capital of Oregon, and all of Eugene as well. And that still would not amount to the number of people concentrated in Phoenix. Okay? Let that sink in for a moment. It's only because of modern technology pumping, um, you can you can you can you can do some you can obviously do some amazing things with technology no doubt we we know that's a fact of life but you can only manage resources um, as far as conservation is concerned you can only do so much conserving you know people need for their day-to-day lives an absolute minimum amount of of water so you can only go so conservation only goes so far. Okay. On the other hand, not only are you battling this situation in, in an outrageous static population, I'm just gonna wave a magic wand and say, okay, 
106, uh, you know, million, no more. That's it. No more people come. Well, even that alone is not tenable. It cannot go on because, as I said, the resource itself is going bye-bye. You know, <clears throat> you're looking at comfortably a place that if you had, um, say, um, a rational estimation of resources, you know, maybe you could have somewhere between four to 500,000. Yeah. I mean, living comfortably, no, you know, all, everything that you need, no problems. Um, hell, it would be, of course, again, it would be stupid and wasteful, but you could have that many people. And if they have this, you know, childlike moronic fascination with having a lawn, okay, you could even have them have a little patch of lawn, again, as incredibly stupid and wasteful that is, to be doing that in a fucking desert. But anyway, yeah, a given area based on its resources, its natural available resources, can only handle so many people. And people are very resource intensive over course of a lifetime. And again, that's what many people don't envision as far as creating new people for the planet. But that's a discussion for another time. Well, what did you think about that? I'd really like to hear what you have to say. So go on over to my website, theearnestmanshow.com, and put down your two cents worth. And while you're there, please feel free to listen to any and all the episodes you like. Plus, check out the other interesting things on my website. Until next time, this is Ernest saying take care. I'm out of here.